Right on the Arms Room Show with Glenn. And Drew. And bravo. Thank you to all of our patrons for participating in supporting the show. We truly appreciate your support, and we truly appreciate your opportunity that you give us to be able to give back to our communities through things like Stop the Bleed programs, which for those of you guys who don't know, we do a Stop the Bleed program. And look, we say it's free. Drew and I were having this conversation earlier about how like we had a student recently like make a big stink <laughs> because it wasn't one of our regular students. It was a new student because we say the class is free, but if you go to register online, it's actually a dollar. And it's a dollar because we only have so many chairs at the Tactical Medic in Mesa where we do it. And so we basically sell as many seats as we have chairs. But it's, if you just show up, it's free. You just may not get a chair depending on how busy that month is. All right. But either way, it's a fucking dollar. All right. So, so just so I understand, someone had enough time on their hands <laughs> to complain about the fact that we say it's free and it costs a dollar. And that was a big yes. enough issue in their life that yes. they needed to address it. Yes. Three months ago, we had a cancellation oh, for Stop dear. the Bleed. And most people are like, hey, man, can't make it to Stop the Bleed this weekend or whatever. Can you bump me to the next month? And it's like, yeah, no problem. Like, I don't care about moving people. I don't give a shit, right? But someone was like, hey, dude, I can't make it to Stop the Bleed. And I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. It's a change in my schedule. Can you go ahead and issue a refund? And I was like, dude, it's going to cost me in my time value more than the dollar to click into our fucking credit card process. Just thing. the thought. Find your Just invoice. thinking about all this is costing me money. Yeah, like this is... It's already cost me more God. than a dollar. I believe next time I see you, I'll just give you $5 to never come back in my life. <laughs> oh, my Stop. goodness. Wow. Yeah, so that happens. But anyways. Yeah, if you're um, the dude, man. That's very, those are very few and far between. To listen to the Etho show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you there's, that is definitely few and far between. So. Uh, thank you to you guys who continue to support us. And if you're not a patron, please become a patron because through our patronage is not just how we keep the show going. Look, this, I mean, it, we, we offer it for free. Anybody can listen to the show without having to, you know, pay for it, but it does cost us to produce the show. Uh, and it also, and that's just the so services, the equipment. Yeah. Dave is incredibly expensive. If you guys haven't seen his calendar, uh, <laughs> it's incredibly pricey. Uh, and that's how he helps us to, to pay for the show. So if you guys want to, more information on Dave's calendar, you can contact him directly on, on that. Only so. friends. Yeah. O- only friends or yeah. only fans? Not fans. I thought it was on Jesus Saves. <laughs> it's just Dave in various different <laughs> Jesus robes posed in various different places throughout his life. There's With one in a beards. chicken coop. Oh yeah, there's gosh. one he's posed in the Krav studio. <laughs> Another where he's very sensually laying across the hood of his truck. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, if we get enough interest, maybe it's a thing. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out to everybody, all right? Well, the way some people are making money in this country, yeah. you know, hey, you never know. Dude, I saw a post on on the uh, old Instagram the other day that was like, you know, making fun of this, of course, but it was like three generations of OnlyFans chicks. There's like this grandma, this mom, and this daughter that all have like OnlyFans accounts. And I was like... I bet they're making bank, though. Man, that's where your head goes, Dave? I'm just saying. I thought you were the Jesus I, guy. <laughs> I, but what I didn't say it was Jesus right. Think? I'm simply saying that those people make a lot of money because there are people that want to look at grandmas. There's a, there's a. Well, don't you? You're like up there. Wow, that was so <laughs> rude. <laughs> I got to get one old guy joke in every every show, show every show. <laughs> no, it's disgusting. I mean, it really. I mean, my, wait, I, wait, wait. Look at grandmas. Look at yes, his grandma's Yes, of course. But that idea that, like, you know, that love of money, right? And that 
that these these women that there's enough, but it's the whole all the way back to even the human trafficking. It's like when you think about human trafficking, these teenage girls, it's like this is a multi billion dollar mm-hmm. business. It's like why? I don't, I don't. I mean, who is it that's going to these places and doing this to these girls? Who are the clients? Well, you can't have a product without a customer, right? And that's this like that's 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 mind blowing. And then you look at OnlyFans and you're like, like. I, just the uh, massive amounts of money that these people make, and it's like I, I, I just here's okay. I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bewildered. I'm gonna tell people some things <coughs> on the show right now. That we just talked. Look, we Dave and I talk a lot about like being a man and you know doing good stuff and our ethos show, which a lot of people we got a lot of good feedback on that. By the way, I haven't shared that with you, but uh, we got a lot of good feedback about the ethos show a good. lot. Good. Um, <clears throat> and here's here's something I'll tell you guys about. Like this whole OnlyFans thing that blows my mind. Okay, I am a moderately attractive, almost six foot tall. All right, not quite, but almost two hundred pounds. Almost two hundred pound. <laughs> almost six foot tall. Almost al- five inches. Almost, <laughs> almost five inches. Almost <laughs> being close to you know. Let's being, put it this way: you drive a really big re- truck. I drive a really big <laughs> truck. Not to compensate. And it's got it has pop down lifts so that I can fucking step up into it. Not everybody can step up into it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not stepping up into it, it's a problem. It's stepping out of it. It's a problem for some people. Some people have trouble stepping out (laughs) of the truck. But but I will quick side note here, I do have to well actually no, I'll come back to that. Drew put her boot in four wheel drive this weekend. It was pretty badass. (laughs) But uh, I, I will say this. With all of those stunning attributes and qualities that I possess, <laughs> I've never had a problem going out into the world and, like, having a girlfriend. Yeah. Or a wife. Yeah. Like, how fuck, How fucking – I'm sorry, but how fucking pathetic do you have to be that you want to subscribe to somebody's – like if you're unhappy in your relationship that you need to seek that out, you're in the wrong motherfucking relationship, dude. Well, and even from a uh, and if you're not in a relationship, why would you, you go just, pay for it when it's all free? Well, that's my point. I'm like, dude, you guys not heard of Pornhub? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Everybody knows about that. You don't even have to be a porn person to know that fucking Pornhub exists. People, you cannot watch porn with. and know Pornhub exists. <laughs> right. I don't watch porn and I know it exists. This yes, is my point. Everybody knows it exists. And plus, you could go. You can literally go to Google and type in titties, safe search <laughs> off, and titties will pop up. It's the internet, dude. There's so much. <laughs> People want to pay, but you want to like pay? want to pay for what? So I can look at this one girl's butthole. I'm like, why can't you just look at any girl's butthole? Oh man, why yeah, do you want to pay for this? Yeah. Oh, and just go out and I don't know, like have some human interaction, right? And just find some girl that will show you her butthole in real life. Yeah. <laughs> man, it's. Just... I don't get it, dude. I've never. There's things I've never understood as a guy. Well, it might I've be never a lot of people who are married. And but and yes, and that's what I'm saying earlier. Like for people who are sexually unfulfilled or there's unfulfilled in their relationship or their marriage, I'm like, you're in the wrong motherfucking marriage, dude. Or you're just a you're in the wrong relationship. A dirtbag. Or it's you. Like oh, it's you. have you you're ever, the problem, have you ever yeah. thought you're the problem? <laughs> you know, have you ever looked at yourself and thought, maybe I'm the fucking problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe it's because I subscribe no. to OnlyFans and it's I everybody and else. I do all this, right? Maybe that's why <laughs> my lady doesn't wanna, you know, fulfill my fantasies because she knows I'm out here fucking jerking off to a hundred different gals every day or whatever. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. do you ever think about that? Yeah. And maybe, how do they compete? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. How's this chick going to compete when she's got some, you know, thin little model chick showing everyone her butthole and you're paying for that? Ugh. How's she supposed to compete with that? She doesn't want to But you won't take her to dinner on a date. Yeah, no. But yeah, but you'll spend fucking $19.95 on OnlyFans every month. Yeah. Or whatever. Or whatever. I've never understood that. It all doesn't make sense. It's never made sense to me. And it's yet. Just ne- it's just never it's made just, sense to me. It's the biggest craze, you know? I guess. But like you said, it's like you look at these chicks who are like, wow, these chicks are making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And that's not every chick, right? Some right. chicks are out there making literally tens of dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> because they, they're not good at marketing or they're fucking ugly or whatever. But but there is a market for every girl. There is a market there, for I'm everyone sure. out there. Someone who's like, I like to fuck the jelly rolls or whatever. There's a oh fucking, my. there's an OnlyFans <laughs> section for that. I like when she licks my feet between my toes after a long day's work. And I mean, there's a thing for that. People are fucking weird as shit. And the problem is, is that the more that these things exist, like the more it brings out the sickos in people. And so to tie it into what you were talking about before with like, you know, the the trafficking and all that kind of shit, the more that we allow people to be sexual deviants, the more deviant things become. Like the more people like, well, that insane fantasy, let's like people like almost inventing shit to do, to just be yeah. like insanely deviant yeah, in their behavior. It's, and it's oh, like, yeah, dude, that no. that's not that's not what Jesus would want for you. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely no. not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What yeah. do we got coming up first? Uh combatives corner. Straight to it, Dave. Go. So um one of the things that I think is important is if you're getting into combatives and your reason is because I want to become a better protector, then just like I would tell anybody if we're on the range, I would tell people in this, like, what are you willing to do? Have you thought about how far you're willing to go? Have you thought about are you willing, if you have to, to kill a person with your bare hands? Because you need to know that. It's something you need to ask yourself. Because you may not have tools. You may not have a gun. You may not have a knife. There's some places that we go that we can't have those things. But I can always bring my body, and if I need to take something to a deadly force situation, am I not just that am I capable of doing it, am I willing to do that? And if I made that decision in my mind beforehand so that I don't hesitate in the moment. So making sure that from a mindset perspective, you have thought about, and, and here's what I, kind of how I bring this into a realistic scenario. Are you willing to put your finger through someone's eye and touch their brain? which I don't know if you could actually do that, but that's the imagery I I like to present is not just that I poke them in the eye, but can I actually grab a hold of their skull and drive my finger through their eye socket and watch that eye explode and blood and juice come out and they're screaming like a scream you've never heard before in your life? Are you willing to go that far? Are you willing to take your teeth and reach up into their carotid artery and clamp onto that muscle and that flesh and rip it out of their neck and watch them bleed out all over you? Are you willing to, well, you're probably willing to rip off groins, but when you start to think about, well, what is this really going to look like? It's never going to be John Wick pretty. It's never going to be choreographed and it's always going to look like this or it's going to, you know, it's going to be nasty and graphic and unpredictable and a mess and traumatizing. That's what you need to get ready for. If you truly are saying, okay, I want to be a protector. Well, this is what I may have to do. So just something to consider when you're looking at combatives training is that mindset of, I may have to use this tomorrow to literally kill someone. Yeah, when you look at it from an interesting perspective of you know training, 
when we talk about people are training to fight, but they're never trained to fight other people. People are training to shoot, but they're never trained to shoot other people. People are training to do a lot of things, but they rarely train to do it against other people, whether that's in a force-on-force situation or training-based environment, um, whether w- whatever that may be. Now, obviously, we can't practice you know, jamming our thumb into someone's fucking eye hole, yeah. but there are things that we can do to prepare for those kinds of events. And a lot of it is just actually putting yourself in situations where failure is a reality because if you're always setting yourself up where you're going to win, if you're always setting yourself up where you're going to succeed, if you're shooting scenarios and you're fighting scenarios, if your gym, if your shooting club, if your training company, if whoever is just always setting you up for success and you're just always winning, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of the reasons that kind of secretly people may not know this, but there's a very specific reason I started Top Shot in all of our shooting classes years and years ago. And it's, to, it's not for the one person to win. It's for everyone else to lose. Hmm. That's the whole fucking reason that Top Shot competition. It's fucking cool that someone wins and people seek that out and they win. And we have students who come back and they keep fighting and fighting and finally they fucking win. And I and love it that. Something to them. Because it yeah. means something to us too. Like it yeah. means something to me when someone keeps coming back so that they can get that fucking Top Shot. Like yeah. that means something to me because the Top Shot competition is always different. It can never be predicted. We just throw some shit at people and they got to fucking win yeah. against whoever else is in class. And sometimes there's some amazing fucking shooters in class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what is was really designed to do is so that at the end of class, everyone's not just feeling all fucking jerked off and like, this is awesome. I'm so fucking good. They leave going, there is someone out there who's better than me. And as soon as we put a little bit of pressure mm-hmm. on, I fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot more lessons than I have ever taken away personally in my life from failure than I've taken away from success. How I got to success is yeah. because of all the failure. So uh, go ahead, Dave. What were you saying? Well, no, was, there's a quote that I use all the time uh, from Monty Williams, who used to be the Suns coach, and he said, "Everything that you want is on the other side of hard," mm-hmm. and and it's, it applies in all, every aspect of our lives, even in this area of combatives or self defense or personal protection. It's the same thing. It's like if you're not if your training isn't hard, you're not ready for mm-hmm. a fight. Combatus Corner with Dave, brought to you by mm-hmm. Premier Martial Arts Scottsdale, Premier Martial Arts Peoria, and. And potentially Premier Martial Arts Gilbert. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're looking to open up another location. Yeah, should know in about a week. That'd be that cool. Happens. That'd be really awesome. All righty. Uh, straight on to the news. Here's some good stuff. <laughs> One of my favorite stories. Capitol Police investigating Jamal Bowman's pulling a fire alarm ahead of the shutdown vote. U.S. Capitol Police said Monday it's investigating an incident in which Democratic <laughs> – Democratic, this never happens. Uh, Representative Jamal Bowman pulled a fire alarm in a Capitol Hill office building ahead of a last-minute vote to fund the government and avert a shutdown. So uh, it shows the fucking video where he literally um, – Pulls the fire, or tries to leave the building, and then pulls the fire alarm. Then, then everyone had to run out of the building. Of course, it's the fucking fire alarm. And um, so, Republicans have accused Bowman of triggering the alarm in an effort to delay the House vote on a short-term spending bill. Um, I want to be very clear: this was not me in any way trying to delay any vote. It was the exact opposite. I was trying urgently to get a vote, which I ultimately did, and joined my colleagues in a bipartisan effort to keep our government open. But he never says why he pulled the fucking alarm. I thought he did. I thought he said it because he thought it was a lever to open the door. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. I didn't see that in any news story. He thought it was a way to open the door he was trying to open. Oh, here's another. Because it had to be. Yeah. He said he was rushing to make the vote and came to a door that is usually open for votes, but today would not open. Because it said no exit on it. (laughs) And the alarm alarm says fire. Fire alarm. (laughs) 
Yeah, so one of two things is happening. So here. glad this guy's either, a representative. Either, either he's he did an it on idiot. purpose, or he's an absolute idiot and should not be representing you, the 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 peasants in Congress. Like my God, dude! How dumb do you have to be to not? I, I've known about fire alarms since I was like five. Yeah, don't pull that unless there's a fucking fire. So easy. And I may or may not have pulled one in my life intentionally. <laughs> yeah, but you knew the result. <laughs> I knew the result. You're like, I wonder what this fucking does. So I should just open for, the doors. Th- does that mean I qualify to run for Congress? Yes. <laughs> probably not, actually, Dave. You're probably <laughs> anyone in this room is too intelligent to run for fucking Congress. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. But there's, but there's just, I want to become a millionaire. Here's what so. I, here's what's always interesting to me is anytime these kind of silly little things happen, where like you you don't know, like did they do this out of maliciousness or are they really just as fucking stupid? It's always some no name idiot you've never fucking heard of before, like someone who has done nothing. They've been involved in nothing. They've they've done nothing of value. They've done nothing that was extraordinary. It's always them, which really makes you feel that either one they really are that fucking stupid or two because they're a nothing and a nobody they're being used as a puppet to go do something they're dispensable because if this person leaves they're like who the fuck's Jamal Bowman but then you have Hillary Clinton saying that we all need to be reprogrammed all the people who don't believe like she does yeah that's totally normal O'Reilly store employee charged with murder after shoplifting suspect dies of strangulation so basically uh, a 39 year old O'Reilly store employee was arrested and charged in connection to the death of a suspected shoplifter now he was charged with second degree murder and the death of uh, this shithead who was stealing shit who deserved to get fucking choked the fuck out but here's the thing Uh, so he's booked on a $125,000 bond and um, which is low for a murder which is pretty low but the range of sentence for the reckless second degree murder is 109 to 493 months in prison I don't know why they did that in fucking months now I have to do math let's just go like 10 years to a lot of years what the fuck who the fuck says 493 months in prison if I was murdering someone and I had to go to jail or I had to go before a judge and they were like guilty 493 months I'd be like I'm sorry time out what the fuck did you just say to me is this like those idiots who say like hold your baby oh he's 16 months old. what the fuck oh you mean he's a year he's 16 months old. go fuck yourself he's a year old you idiot 493 months in prison now I have to it just makes it sound out. better that just sounds like a lot You're like, oh man that's 493 months I don't get Whatever. It's a little over. 493 divided by 12 is 41.083 years. years. That's not even a whole number. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you won't be a whole person after 41 years in prison, so. For murdering. Now, here's here's why I think this story is important. Because we've seen an uptick in shoplifting because we've seen a. Ridiculous. We've seen a downtick in. in law enforcement involvement with shoplifting and other related, like what we would call minor crimes um, or misdemeanor level crimes. And so because we've seen this downtick in law enforcement involvement and a downtick in, you know, uh, our elected officials wanting to be involved in that, well, then, of course, naturally, you're going to see an uptick in people committing these crimes. And people are getting fucking tired of it. I mean, I'm watching more and more videos of people tackling people at, like, fucking Claire's Jewelry and shit. Like, this isn't even, you know, big stores that they're, these, but the people are getting fucking sick of it, man. Yep. They're getting sick of it. And then the problem is they're taking the law into their own hands and then and then the law when the law shows up they don't say thank you for taking the law into your own hands we weren't here to do the job but now that we are here we're going to judge how you did the job even though you are not an official you're not a law enforcement official we didn't let the law enforcement officials we don't have enough law enforcement officials or we don't have the budget for law enforcement officials or whatever so we're going to let you, we're, we're going to expect you to do nothing stand by and get victimized and if you don't Allow yourself to be a victim, then you're going to become the villain. Yep. Did you see what Donald Trump said? No, what's that? 
He said all these shoplifters, shoplifters should be shot. He's it's like, that's how you stop it. He's like, it's if truth. you shoplift, you get shot. It's 100% the truth. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty If you're funny. over the age of 18, if you're an adult, if you're a legal adult, mm-hmm. and you're stealing shit from stores because you're an asshole, you should be shot in the fucking head until you are dead. Yeah. And I'm sure that hurts people's feelings, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's the same with all these other dumb little crimes. Like, if I have no problem. Now, this is going to sound weird. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with people who steal things. None. Go steal. Do all you want. But when I fuck you up because you're stealing my shit, mm-hmm. you better not have a fucking problem with that either. Yeah. So if you come to my house or you take something from me or my people and your life gets fucked up because of it. Yeah. Like we're dealing with a situation right now because it's an open situation. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but basically it, one of our kids had something stolen from them. I'll tell you after the show. Yeah. One of our kids had something stolen from them. And uh, I activated our very large amount of resources and tracked it down pretty fucking fast. And uh, now we're going to straight up fuck up two people's lives for the rest of their lives, I hope. Is Zero going to be a part of this? Zero, no. (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) But it's like, hey, man, if you steal shit from me, just get ready to get fucked up. If you want to steal shit, go steal shit. Do your thing. But get ready to get fucked up. Because I'll chop your fucking hand off in every figurative way that I can. Right. You know what I mean? As opposed to the literal ways they do it everywhere but America. Yeah, and except for everywhere else in America where you're actually punished for your fucking crimes. Right. And so the problem is people are going to start doing this more and more and more. And, and here's how They've we stop started. people it's like disgusting. this from getting fucked up is you have to stand up for guys like this guy who is Carl Campanen. I, I, so his he, name is very difficult to say. From a tactical standpoint, did he just lock the choke in too tight and didn't let go? Like the guy on the subway in New York? A fight broke out shortly after between the suspects and store employees outside the store, resulting in one of the sh- uh, suspected shoplifters being killed. Uh, it just determined he died of strangulation. My guess is everyone loves to rear naked. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably fucking rear naked this dude. And, and when he passed out, he kept it on. And yep. And then him. usually what happens is when people slump, they don't know to fucking let go. <laughs> you just choke them. They are now unconscious because of lack of blood to their brain. You have to stop now, and they don't fucking stop now. And then just like the guy on the subway, yeah. and that guy had a fucking leg lock on too, if I remember. Yep. So I mean, that yeah, guy was leg hooks in, yeah, double fucked. You know, he had him leg locked, and, and two other guys holding him down, and on holding top him of that. down like holy shit. Now, can they go too far? Yes. Do I understand why they're mad? Yes. Oh yeah. Do I think people like Carl Campanin should be allowed to just hey, thanks, pal, slap on the back, go about your merry way? No. He does need to be taught that there is a right and wrong way to handle things. Should we put him into prison for 493 months? No, we fucking shouldn't. Because what have we done? We took a guy who was willing to stand up against what he felt was wrong mm-hmm. and take it to as far as he felt he was not needed to go to stop it from happening. And probably what happened is he got out there. He tried to stop the guy. The guy fought back. Carl campaigned and realized he might have bit off more than he could fucking chew. And this became a survival situation, right. like it often does because of people's lack of skills in, in combatives. They reach out and get a hold of someone and realize. And their perception of what they think and, they know. Yep. And yeah, I just grabbed a fucking wildcat. Yeah. And now I, got a, now I got a handful of wildcat and I got to fucking do something about it. And then they only know what to do. So they just start fucking punching people and choking people and they go bananas because they're, they're literally in fucking survival mode now because they don't have that control that says, hey, let me reach out, grab this guy, put him in a fucking good control maneuver and just hold him until the cops get here. Right. You know, they don't have that capability. They reach out there and go, hey, I'm fucking sick and tired of people because this is probably not the first time that Carl Campanin had to deal with shoplifters in his fucking store. 
And he doesn't own the store, probably. He probably doesn't make extra money for protecting O'Reilly's. But but how much can you say that this guy had a, a good certain amount of sense about him by wanting to protect? Did he do the right thing? No, he did not. Did he do the wrong thing? No, he did not. Right. But as far as like what we – when we teach and we we teach people how we make decisions. Sure. Neither of us would have gotten involved in that. No. Because it's not worth going to jail for. Right. It's not worth dying for. And now he's experiencing that because he's, he's he might as well be dead. Mm-hmm. 40 years in prison mm-hmm. at max. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Dave, 493 months. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> But after that, he'll like his, he'll get his life back. Yeah, right. Right, because he's thirty nine <laughs> right now. So thirty nine years so. plus four hundred ninety three months carry the two. He's fucking dead by the time he gets out. Yeah, you know. And if not, he can get a grandma only fans account. Mm. And maybe uh, he'll like looking at grandmas. <laughs> Dave does not like looking at grandmas. I apologize to all the grandmas who listen to the arms. <laughs> I'm <show>. sorry, grandma. <laughs> yeah, not no. your grandma, you sicko. <clears throat> So here's the tough thing about this. <clears throat> You're right. We wouldn't get involved in this because I'd be like, fuck that, dude. Call the cops. Get a good description. However, at what point do we finally go, like Trump said, mm-hmm. we're sh- getting shot in the face. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, man. Last last week, if I could have dealt with this theft on my own <laughs> terms. <laughs> There'd be one less human on There'd the planet. There'd be some very fucking different shit going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I always want to like catch people in the act. You know, it's like when someone broke into Drew's car, like did that ultimately affect our life? That was a blessing that you were not, uh, well, he drove right past you. Yeah, but. I didn't, obviously I didn't know the guy yeah. just broke into your car, but, but like. That was a blessing in disguise. You did not catch that guy. Yeah. I mean like literally if I <laughs> wouldn't have taken a piss before I left the gym, I'd have ran into that guy stealing Drew's shit. Yeah. And like at that point, can I say from a logical, we're sitting right now here in this room that I would have been like. Stop, thief. And then he would have been like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. And I'd have been like, I'll call the police. And then like, and I'll get a description, you know, and then I get a description. And then and then they go, because look, they didn't fucking find that. They don't give a fuck. Right. The guy literally went straight to Target on cameras and is trying to use her Drew's cards to buy fucking gift cards. And the cop is standing there like, whatever. And we're like, dude, he's at the motherfucking Target right fucking now. Go get him. He's like two miles away. And the cops are like, let's finish my report. You know, it's like, here's the problem is that when you have to deal with that level of shit, you're like, dude, if you don't fucking do something about this right now, it's not going to get solved. Yeah. And only like the only reason we were able to recover this stolen property from last week is because I literally put my foot down and said, if we don't do something about this right motherfucking now, then our stolen property will be gone. And because we were able to get some good connections and make this shit happen within an hour, I think. Yeah, it was about an hour. We had it back. Yeah. And that's only because I wasn't like, well, let me just fill out this report and then you get around Which to it. Which is what they wanted When to. your caseload fucking opens up. It's like, I will be a pain in your fucking ass until you do something about this or I'll go do something about it. And you'll never know. You know, <laughs> and I will fucking solve this crime, yeah. you know, and then it was like, okay, well, we'll go fucking handle it. So the point being is if we as a people don't start forcing these kinds of solutions and to be honest, do I think that Carl campaign and did the wrong thing? Like I said earlier, no, no, 
Did he do the right thing? Also, no. It's a very fucking confusing moral time we live in right now, right? That because is. it's like, do I want to defend O'Reilly's shit with my life 493 months? No, I fucking don't. Yeah. But do I want shitheads to keep getting away? Because this shithead keeps getting away with stuff, and he's just going to be emboldened and emboldened and emboldened. And next thing you know, he's fucking raping somebody. Or he's really hurting somebody. Or he's coming after you. Or he's coming after you. Or he's in your fucking house. And now you have to make these really awful, life-altering fucking decisions. Yep. Because no one stopped this guy when he was a kid. Yeah. And said, hey, listen up, shithead. I mean, they're, they're literally shutting down big box stores. Mm -hmm. Th that's insane. Mm -hmm. That, that like, Walmarts and Targets, mm -hmm. Targets I'm fine, but Walmarts <clears throat> literally shutting down mm -hmm. because they can't keep 50 dudes at once running into their store mm -hmm. and, and stealing and everything they all have. their shit off. And, and, and we're, and nothing's But happening. I guarantee nothing's changing. you, dude, you get, a, like... You see that shit happen, you get about four or five dudes, you clear a fucking effective line of fire, you establish interlocking sectors of fire, you get out in the parking lot when they all come back down, it's a free fucking fire zone. Like, <laughs> a lot of us already know how to do this shit when yeah. you just fucking let us do it already. Yeah. We're real fucking good at it. <laughs> you know? And I can guarantee you those flash mobs would stop. And then you don't do anything about the bodies. You just fucking drag them out into the deep part of the parking lot. The, and you let the, the fucking ravens pick at them. Or hang them in the square. So yeah, hang them up in them. the square. How they used to handle pirates. They would hang fucking pirates from the dockyard arms. Yeah. And be like, this is what happens to fucking pirates. So you come around here and your pirate, we just fucking hang you. Oh, your pirate, we just fucking hang you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> Yep. They're not like, well, what? But how were you raised, pirate? Did you only have a single mother, pirate? They just fucking hung them. And I'm not saying being a pirate was a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's the fucking consequence of being a pirate. Like I said, yeah. I do not feel, I am not like morally like stealing is wrong. No, I believe that stealing sometimes is totally fucking okay. Sometimes, is it stealing when you're stealing your own things back? No. Okay, so if someone steals from me and I have to go get it back, but I have to do so by stealing it, let's just say, is that stealing? I don't if think I'm that's, stealing I don't think to, am I know. stealing to to provide for my family? And I don't mean like I'm stealing Xbox or whatever. Like if I'm stealing a, the you know the the uh, his, you know the storybook, stealing a loaf of bread to feed my children, <laughs> like because the government's made it so goddamn hard to feed your fucking family, is that? Is that wrong? Well, yeah, if I'm going into the store and I'm taking the loaf of bread and I'm stealing so I can go home and feed my children because there's no way, no fucking other way for me to feed them, yep. is that wrong? Okay, are there better ways to do it? Yeah, there are. If I get caught, am I going to be punished? Yeah, I am. Am I saying it's morally wrong to steal the thing? No. Right. If I get caught, am I going to have to deal? If they cut my fucking hand off for that, then that's what happens, man. Right. And I was willing to take that risk knowing what the consequences were. Yep. Look, they were still, when they were hanging people, right, in the yeah. Wild West, when they were rustling cattle, and you'd get fucking hung on sight for rustling cattle. <laughs> and here's, like, when you literally read the history books, it would be like, mine and Dave's fucking ranch, and we're riding the fucking, you know, fence line, yeah. and we catch a couple cattle rustlers, and we just hang them, and then, like, a week or two later, when we see the marshal, we're all like, hey, marshal, we hung a couple fucking guys out in the south pasture because we caught them <laughs> rustle cattle, and he's like, did you know them? And we're like, no, never seen them before, and he's like, 
fucking rad. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I'm back at your ranch, I'll ride out there and take a look. You know, and he Just rides out Put your out mark there. right here. Yeah, like, put your mark right here. Zane Young, a couple cattle rustlers. You know what I mean? Like that's and that like it was that easy. Where you're like, are you rustling my cattle? Well, I'm not paying you for them. You're like, oh, I'm gonna fucking hang you. And then you just hung them, and that was that. Yep. Am I saying that it was morally right or wrong to steal cattle? No, but I'm telling you what the fucking consequence is if you get caught rustling cattle. And the pendulum has switched the switched the entire other way. And there it were still swung. people stealing cattle when we were hanging people stealing cattle. Is my point. Right. So you're not going to get yeah. rid of criminals. No. <clears throat> but you can definitely moderate the crime and keep it under control, which is what we had until. COVID and rioting and all of this crap. Well, I mean, we haven't had crime under control for long before COVID, but COVID certainly we saw an uptick because suddenly people were no longer responding to crimes. Right. And now with all these bigger cities going like, yeah, we're not even responding to smaller crimes. But if you take the law into your own hands, you're now the criminal. What the fuck? So you're telling me that if I'm a small shop, and this is how I make my whole fucking wages, mm-hmm. right? This is how I make my living. And even if poor, broke, sad dad comes in who can't feed his family and steals a loaf of bread, and I'm like, hey, hello, please, someone's stealing my shit, and I need your help because this is how I feed my family. This guy's stealing from me to feed his family. We've got a little moral dilemma going on here, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, what do I do? And the cop's like, yeah, we don't respond to those crimes anymore. And I go, okay, I'm going to shoot him in the face then. And then <laughs> I fucking blast his head off. And then I'm like, Thank- like, don't take my shit, and I won't fucking shoot you in the face. And then the cops show up. They're all, whoa, you shot him in the face? And it's like, well, yeah, you didn't fucking show up to protect me or help me. And just law enforcement officer in your fucking job? Yeah. Well, you can't just go around shooting people in the face. Well, you weren't fucking here, man. And you told me you weren't coming. Yeah. Well, now you're under arrest. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Put me in jail. Yeah. So so that's that's the problem that we've we've given we've we've allowed the, the pendulum problem isn't that we've allowed all these criminals. It's that we've allowed this government overreach. That, that has all these fucking laws that we don't enforce. Right. Why have laws if you don't enforce them? Yeah. I mean, there's people... So that... Um, Just strike them all down and call it a day. What was that I heard the other day about? Um, I'll think about it. What's the next story? Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> hold on a second. Florida moviegoer beaten after asking couple to move from his reserve VIP seats in callous attack. So basically this uh, this gentleman, oh, it's in Broward County, of course, famous Broward County, formerly referred to as Coward County, for those of you guys who didn't forget <laughs> how they let children get murdered because they were too afraid to go face down some idiot gunman in a, in a building. Uh. Um, <clears throat> so basically this 27-year-old um, uh, – medical student uh, on his way to Harvard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not any of those things. Uh, <laughs> violently attacks a 63-year-old dude at an AMC in Pompano Beach. Basically, um, guy walks up, says, hey, man, you're in my seat, and then, boom, he goes right to hostel. This is all substantiated by witnesses. The guy just goes straight to hostel, punches him, uh, stands up, get in his face, forces him to take a step back, start to lose his balance. As he's losing his balance, the guy starts fucking punching him and uh, stands above him and, and gets him on the ground and just fucking punching and punching and punching him. And then this guy and his girlfriend then leave the theater. Um, They've been arrested uh, for one count of aggravated battery with great bodily harm. So... So what's the point of, of this story? Well, obviously, it's, you know, expect the unexpected. And, and you don't know how far someone's willing to go and how fast they're willing to get there. That's something we see on the show all the time. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is what Dave's always talking about was like combatives capabilities. So let's just say that you, being a polite 
responsible, intelligent adult walk up and go, hey, excuse me, sir, you're in my seat. And the guy which jumps up, before. which I've had to do plenty of times, right? Yeah. And the guy jumps up and gets all fucking crazy at you oh. and starts <laughs> swinging or whatever. Been over in a hurry. The reality is, <laughs> can it be over in a hurry? And in this case, it was over in a hurry too. Yep. Only not in the favor of the guy who said, excuse me, sir. Right. So if you're going to be the person who's like, hey, man, I may have to confront someone for any variety of reasons. Sometimes it's just because someone's in your way or someone's like, excuse me, sir, can I get around you? Or, hey, excuse me, I think you might be in my seat. And most of the time, these things are – we're so used to them being handled benignly. Mm-hmm. We're so used to them being handled easily mm-hmm. that we – like most people are like, what the fuck's happening? They're so stuck in that loop of I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. They're going back over like, but all I did was say – and I we hear it all the time in our force on force ship. All I did was say, and then the guy just started punching me. What the fuck? And you're like, yeah, what the fuck? You're so stuck in your mental loop, like to Dave's point earlier, he's talking about how far are you willing to go? You don't know how far they're willing to go or how fast they're willing to get there. How far are you willing to go and how fast are you willing to get there? Yeah. Because if I'm not, if I'm not able to go there, and I don't always have to go there from you know, zero to 60. Sometimes there's going to be multiple steps. It may take 15, 30, 60 seconds for this thing to get worse. Mm-hmm. But it could get real bad in a couple of seconds, just like it did here. And if it does, are you capable of doing anything? Or like most people, and I'm sure this is the case for this guy, he's just standing back going, what the fuck, what the fuck? I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening to me, right? Oh, my God, all I did was say, me, he's just getting punched. Now he's just in fucking defensive mode. He's just trying to get knocked the fuck out. Well, and it's what the analogy that I just thought of as you're talking about this is when you <clears throat> make the comparison between in trauma medicine. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're used when – you're, when you're capable – and willing to deal with these horrible things in trauma, then mm. the things that most people think are horrible and they're really not, I'm able to handle much easier. Mm. And it's the same thing in, in a realm like this. When you're when you've trained for the worst, handling something like this to you and I is like, that's really not a big deal. It's like I get to practice my skills. Mm. I get to pressure test my <clears> skills. Here <throat> we yeah. go. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. <laughs> I this is what I do. I mean, I, you know, you get up, this is the threat, I'm eliminating mm. it. So and I got to pay attention to his friends because they're going to get involved as well. And I got to handle all that and do a little Jack Reacher stuff. So, as my dad always used to say, uh, be careful when someone says, shut up, and you think they said, stand up. <laughs> 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 be careful what you do when you think you've got the reach on someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, because obviously <clears throat> you and I would have reacted light years differently mm. if that guy had just jumped up and got aggressive. Oh, yeah. Been like, nah, we're not doing this, pal. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Let, me, let me stop you right there. Let me let me unpunch that button real <laughs> quick you for you. Say. Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me stop you right there. YouTube prankster gets shot at a mall for harassing a delivery driver. So again, this is like another example where people don't have penalties for their stupid fucking mistakes. So um, this guy, and this is something that we've been talking about for a long time. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's all these YouTubers and pranksters who get all these likes and they and they harass people in public and they make all these pranks. And so when you're watching the video, the guy walks up to the the shooter this delivery driver who's just picking up his food from this place he's going to go deliver the food. And this guy walks up and he shoves his phone in his face. He's yelling at him about something. It's kind of indiscernible from what I can see. And uh, and the guy's following him and he's walking after him. He's yelling at him. He's pointing. He's punching this phone in his face. And the guy's driver just pulls out a gun, pop, shoots him one time in the fucking belly. And then the guy fucking falls to the ground. He's a big, fat fucking tub of shit anyways. But the point being is, dude... You don't know how far people are willing to go and how fast they're willing to get there. If you're going to go into public and you're going to fuck with people, 
sooner or later, you're going to pick the wrong motherfucking person. Yeah. It's just a game of odds at that point. <laughs> yeah. And so when these pranksters get fucked up, I don't feel bad for them all. Even if they die, like, I don't give a shit. I don't fucking care. I'm not like, oh my God, I can't believe that guy. Was the guy, was the guy, again, this is like one of those situations. Was he right in shooting him? No. There was no lethal force presence, not even a fucking little bit. Right. There was absolutely no reason to shoot that dude. Mm-hmm. So he was not right in doing it. Yeah. Was he wrong in doing it? Well, obviously he didn't fucking think so. <laughs> and that's all that matters. And that's really all I mean, that matters. Because, yeah, you could be dead and then there's justice, but you're still yeah, dead. Yeah, this guy's dead and he's open for <laughs> justice, right? So the point is, and I can't, I don't even remember if he killed that fucking idiot or not, but the point is, is you know how far people are willing to go and how fast they're willing to get there. Right. So you better fucking be careful what you decide you're going to do. And get in people's faces. I mean, even just saying, excuse me, sir, will you move out of your seat? If you're not willing to accept what happens next, there's people I know in this world. Mm-hmm. They, during COVID, right? They were like, I just wear the mask because I just I just don't want to fucking be harassed, dude. I just don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to fucking deal with it, so I just put the fucking mask on. There's those kinds of people. And those are the people, they walk up into the theater and someone's in their seat. They're like... I'm going to go get the manager. You know what I mean? Because that's his job, right? And they go get the manager like, I think someone's in my seats. And then the manager goes, excuse me, sir, I think you're in this person's seats or whatever. And then, then, then if they jump at the manager, you're like, ha not my fucking problem. You know, I don't fucking work here at the AMC or whatever. Let mm-hmm. this guy get fucked up. There's plenty of people like that. If you're the person that wants to directly confront problems, of which, of course, we have no problem with. That is kind of who we are. If you are willing to directly confront problems, then you better be ready for those problems to not be handled benignly. Right. And, and, yeah, be completely unpredictable. You have no idea what the fuck's going to happen when you walk into something or you walk up to somebody and you start talking to them, even if you're polite. You have, they, everybody gets a vote. And this is what most people forget. The other guy gets a vote. Yep. They get to choose how they react. They get to choose how far they're willing to go. And they get to choose how fast they're willing to get there. Yeah. Yeah. In, that's... in, in good news for Dave, hmm. it has to do with combatives. You're going to like this one. You're going to like this one. <laughs> Bumblebees are now fighting back against Asian hornets. Asian hornets have been killing the bumblebees, which is greatly affecting the overall bee population and the honey population and pollen collection. Who kills bumblebees? They're like fucking Asian hornets, dude. But check this out: buff-tailed bumblebees drop to the ground when hornets attack, carrying the pests. They're talking about the Asian hornets down with them. Hornets lose their grip as they drop, or the bee raises its stinger and fights until the hornet gives up. Stunned scientists at University of Exeter witnessed 120 attacks that took the same course with the bee triumphing every time. So the yellow-legged hornets, or the Asian hornets, also are invasive. They're an invasive species. have already invaded large portions of mainland Europe and parts of East Asia and have for the first time been spotted in the U.S. Sightings in the U.K. and mainland Europe are at an all-time high this year, but people are fighting back, fearing for pollinators such as bees. Bees are, of course, if you don't know, very, very essential. Very essential to ecology. There's like how well, how much they're tied in to yeah. the ecology is insane. Yeah. It's insane. Like when you look at the 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 absolute need and necessity for bees, yeah. you'll never fucking kill another bee. Like now every time I see a bee, I'm like, go along your way, little friend. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I don't I love fuck bees. with bees at all. I used to be like, fuck you, bee smack. You yeah. know, now Wasp I'm like, I'll kill left and right. Yeah, now yeah. I'm like, but not, but not oh, yeah. dude, what? Well, for this fucking reason, right? Yeah. So with honeybees, the hornets do something called hawking. They hover outside the bee's nest and they attack foragers as they fly past. But now they're recording hornets doing the same thing to bumblebees, but to a surprising difference because now these uh, bees are are literally grab them and then just 
plummet to the earth. They just fucking stop flying and they're so fucking heavy, the hornets can't carry them. Yeah. And so they just drop to the ground and while they're dropping, they start stinging the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking rad, dude. That is awesome. So that's good news. Bumblebees are hitting back as Asian hornets with top tier, at Asian hornets with top tier combat skills, they're calling it. I wouldn't mess with a bumblebee. I don't know what these stupid fucking wasps were thinking about. These All I know is that I am, you know, a human being much larger than a bee, and a bee one time stung me in the top of the mouth, and I wished I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so when you talk about how much bees are cool, <laughs> their combat skills against a fucking hornet, if you can imagine, are wow, pretty yeah. terrible. But <laughs> and those bumblebees are not small bees. I mean, they're huge. No, they're big. They're and big. you can, yeah. They're big They're big and slow and pretty smart, apparently. All right. Well, uh, independence training gear moment. Uh, keep your knives sharp. Probably one of the biggest things that we always see uh, every time, almost every time I ask someone, hey, man, uh, like, you know, let me borrow your pocket knife. I always have a pocket knife on me, but sometimes like, you know, my hands are full or something. Like, hey, grab your knife out and cut this or whatever. And then they're like sawing on it. And I'm like, what the fuck do you have there? You know, or you mm-hmm. like go over to someone's house and you're like, you know, helping them cook or something. You pull out their knives. You're like, Hey, where's your, where's your knife? They're like, Oh, they're in the knife block. Right. You pull it out and you're like basically like, cutting it with a, a butter knife with a block of wood. <laughs> you're like, I just go get me a, bl- a sharp block of wood and I can cut this better than this. Holy shit. You know? So keep your knife sharp. That's knives in all aspects of your life. Remember that the most dangerous knife is a dull knife. A dull knife is always more dangerous because you're going to be putting more pressure. You're directing it very difficult. You're sawing on stuff. You know, you usually start going in the wrong direction, doing all the shit you know you're not supposed to do with knives because you're doing it with a dull knife. So don't forget to keep your knife sharp. And if you don't know how to properly sharpen a knife, that's okay. Get one of those really cool knife sharpening blocks. Not those drag through ones. Those things destroy blades. But one of those like angled knife sharpening blocks, they even have one like electric powered or whatever. They put the knife at a perfect fucking angle. It'll sharpen it for you. It sharpens all your blades super freaking fast. I prefer an old fashioned whetstone because that's how I was raised sharpening knives. So that's still how I sharpen my knives. But whatever it is that you've got, you know, I liked one of the little diamond uh, poles that I use for like my kitchen knives and stuff like whatever it is that you do, do that. But don't have dull knives in your life, especially if they're going to be used for defense or for survival, something that you're really going to need a fucking sharp knife for. So independent so when training. So get done with the like, show, go sharpen your tool. Yeah. Go sharpen your tool. <laughs> 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 independent training gear moment brought to you by trainingaz.com. Check out the rad classes we have coming up in October and November. Lots of good stuff, including our annual Coyote Clinic coming up in November. We only teach it once a year, so you got to get on it if you want it. Topic for this week, now that we're finally onto the topic. Hour into the show. Already, That's okay. Almost. We'll finish up in like 30 minutes. These people love the show. They'll keep listening. <laughs> Medical tools for off-grid and the backcountry. So, look, this list can go into a thousand fucking things real yeah. fast. Okay? Yeah. So, <clears throat> what we're not going to talk about right now are the basic trauma supplies that you should already have in your IFAC. Right. right? Yeah. So we're, we're not talking about tourniquets and, you know, wound, dr- uh, wound packing materials and chest seals. Those are things you should already fucking have. So in addition to that, we're looking at um, actual, you know, backcountry types to, uh, tools. So I'm going to go down my list of basic stuff that we keep in the backcountry. I'm going to start with a basic uh, story about what happened this weekend. So uh, we were... Um, up squirrel hunting took Drew and I took uh, our, our twins up squirrel hunting and it was awesome boys got to kill their first squirrels we killed a fucking shitload of squirrels had a great time ate them it was a great freaking adventure uh, zero eight squirrels head to tail tail included 
fucking insane. I've never seen a domestic dog eat an entire, just sit there and eat an entire fucking squirrel. As soon as they hit the ground, bananas. he was over there eating them. But he was really selective about it. It was weird. Some, some he yeah. would eat, some he wouldn't. But anyways, um, Drew, as I mentioned earlier, put her uh, her boot that she's currently wearing uh, in four-wheel drive. She pumped it up. Uh, it has a little pump on it. You can pump it up like the old fucking Nike Air shoes. Yeah. She pumped that shit up and uh, went out and, and squirrel hunted with us, and we were able to even able to get her into a position because with squirrels a lot of times you have to run you see them in the woods and you literally just sprint after them as fast as you fucking can so if they'll get off the ground a tree mm. and then you shoot them out of trees very hard to shoot them off the ground because they're small and short to the ground run through grass and shit so once they're in a tree then you can be selective with them once they stop on a trunk or a branch or whatever but it's a lot of running you're running these fuckers down constantly so Drew with the boot not running a lot of squirrels down but we were able to get her into a couple positions where she was able to make some good shots but uh, that being said, with everything we had going on, including her uh, already existing injury and boys running around and firearms and dogs and, you know, all that, no major injuries, but here's what we had. We had someone come to camp who was not maybe ready for the climate. I'm not sure what happened, but she had a massive fucking allergy attack. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it just, I mean, fucked her up. Nose turned bright red, massive congestion, sinuses all fucked up. I mean, she was in bad shape. Guess what she didn't have? Benadryl, any antihistamines, anything like that. And then, you know, they, of course, ask us, do you guys have anything? I'm like, <laughs> we have a fucking CVS pharmacy, yeah, dude. <laughs> open up the fucking trailer and find out yeah, what happens And then next. open up your wallet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> out here, everything, every pill <laughs> is $10. Good Cheaper you, than driving back to town. Teach you a lesson. <laughs> but... It, it was it was the basic stuff again, more than than you know. We're not using tourniquets every trip. We're not, but we're using basic medicines. You know, we needed allergy medication. We had our, our big you know elk hunt back in November. Um, everyone's heard about that story a couple times because we we love the story. But you know, we were all over the place. Backpacking, hiking was cold. It was you know we were out in the middle. We were, we were caping out bull elk. There's sharp knives over. There's fucking guns. There's dogs. There's children. The worst injury we had was, weirdly, uh, one of our daughters got German measles, Mm -hmm. probably from school or something, but crazy as fuck, but like a weird thing. What did we need? We needed allergy medications and antihistamines to take care of that. We didn't need big, giant trauma supplies. Yeah. Sometimes I'm out there, I'm eating whatever, I'm drinking some beer, maybe I'm not staying as hydrated. I get a little indigestion. Really fucking nice. To have a nice little pack of Tums out there to help a guy out. Or an anti-diarrheal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get out there and eat something weird and you're like, oh, God. And now you're out there just shitting your brains out. Yeah. Here's the De- point. Dehydrating. Number one on my list, <sighs> meds. Mm-hmm. Basic meds. If you go out to the off-grid or you go in the backcountry and you don't have meds, you are asking for trouble. Yep. My, my two meds that I – or I should really say three. My three meds that I always take are – one, and I would kind of combine these in this. Fucking Dave with your goddamn phone, all right? <laughs> Tell her you'll call her back. Wow. All right? Is that grandma? Is she calling you right now? She's heard the show. <laughs> Don't look at me naked, Dave. <laughs> Why did you cancel your subscription? <laughs> <laughs> so my top one is always going to be uh, bowel stuff. Like I definitely want anti-diarrheal but also anti-constipation stuff. So those are always going to be my two, you know, go-to things. Um 
And uh, and then Benadryls, allergy medicines. In this case, it was Claritin mm-hmm. that we have. Um, and so we always have. We have a, a wide variety of basic medications. It's not even anything crazy. We're not in there with a bunch of subscri- or pre- subscription drugs. Prescription drugs. We're not in there with that. It's just basic stuff yeah. because that's what we use the most. You know. So even in my little backcountry first aid kit that I carry, I don't put it in my trauma kit, but in my basic backcountry first aid kit, I have meds in there because that will wreck you, dude. I mean I've been on – you know, everything from adventure hikes to backpacking trips and everything else. And you're like, oh, man, I got a little rumble in my belly. You're like, I'm having indigestion. It's just fucking uncomfortable. I mean, it's nice when you're 15, 20 miles from anything and you're like, my fucking indigestion is killing me. And you can pop a couple tums and poof, instant relief. And you're like, oh, thank God I had that. Or a splitting headache when you're trying to enjoy a hunt or something. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would carry ibuprofen. It's another one of my yeah. go-to medications to carry around. You know, so just think about those basic meds. So that, that's kind of top on my list. Anything to add to that from either of you? No, I'm. I mean, I have a list, but not yeah. on that particular that. topic. Yeah. So my my next one would be splints and stabilization, and splints and basic splints and stabilization, like the basic, you know, universal splints, similar to like the Sam splints that are sold with aluminum foam, basic splinting material. And I, if I'm going to be in the backcountry for an extended period of time, especially if I'm going to be around any off road vehicles, side by sides, anything like that, I also always take a pelvic binder. Mm-hmm. I will take a pelvic binder. Um, they're not my favorite things to carry because they're fucking huge. But if I'm in a trailer or anything like that, I've got a fucking pelvic binder because you just don't know, man. Someone takes a bad fucking fall. Someone takes a nasty spill off a quad or a dirt bike or whatever and fucks up their their pelvis. I, I need a way to control that. So, <clears throat> you know, stabilization materials add to that, you know, coban and triangular bandages and, and maybe even a KTD. That. You know, I mean, if, if you know how to use a KTD, a KTD is a great tool. You know, again, something I throw in the trailer. It's not something I'm carrying around with me all the time, but it's damn sure something I'm going to have in the trailer for a variety of reasons. Um, Next on my list is irrigation. So just basic saline spray, saline, um, you know, little irrigation um, syringes, anything just help irrigate a wound, irrigate eyes, irrigate noses, irrigate mouths, just kind of wash something out, wash out a basic wound, especially if I have to do what's next on my list, which is closure. So if I'm going to add any kind of closure, I am a huge staple guy. I, I'm I'm not big into sutures, and I'll be honest. The reason is I'm not fucking good at it. Yeah, you know I oh I can close some shit up with a stitch. Of that, there is no fucking doubt. <laughs> I hope you like scars, <laughs> ugly <laughs> ones. You know what I mean? So yeah. So I'm like just a scarecrow. It, dude, it's just it's just not my jam. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with these fingers, but dude, they cannot fucking they cannot like be really Crow, you good at take of crocheting. Dude, I yeah I'm like I'm stitching. I'm the same way. Drew, see my stitches. My stitches hold, man. They fucking hold. But if you look at the stitch, everyone's like, what the fuck kind of stitch is that? Yeah, it's with the paracord. motherfucking stitch that holds. Paracord. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the stitch that holds. You see that shit busting apart? No, you fucking don't. My stitches don't bust, but god damn are they ugly. Yeah, staples so, pretty well too. Yeah, I can't staple. I've stapled Drew's head. Yeah. Uh, I've stapled my own arm. I've stapled, I don't know, I've probably stapled, top of my head, eight people. Yeah. You know, maybe more. Um, I love staple because they're simple and they're easy and it's for basic level shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not stapling not for like, oh my God. It's just like basic level shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you got a nasty muscle tear, you get some nasty fucking cuts, whatever, boom, 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 staple, staple, staple. And I love staplers because they're inexpensive. They're super fucking easy to use. Yeah. You can be me, mm-hmm. right? And still use a stapler. Right? <laughs> they're really fucking easy to use. And I don't need a local. Like I feel like with uh, suturing um, – it's, it's so nice to have a local because, man, it's just this constant poke, pull, poke, mm-hmm. pull. Now yeah. wait till I pull it together. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that hurts. 
But a staple, it's like, okay, let me hold this together. You're going to feel a slight pinch, 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 or however many you need yeah. it. And it's so fucking easy. So easy enough that I can do it on myself. Yeah. I can't really do as good of a job trying to suture myself. I know they do it in the movies and it looks fucking cool. And I'm sure there's someone Rambo. Who's, Rambo yeah, Rambo do does it. And there's someone who's listening right now who's like, dude, I can totally suture myself. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> rad. You're probably really good at it. I'm not. You know, like, I mean, I've seen like oral uh, uh, dentists or oral surgeons. They're sur- those guys are suture masters. Yes. They are in the dark looking in a mirror. They're like in the dark recess of your mouth yeah. with a shitty little fucking light and some nurse holding a mirror and they make a perfect little stitch. Yep. Those guys are experts at their craft. You want to learn how to suture? Go learn how to suture from a freaking oral surgeon. Those guys are bananas, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And, but that ain't me is what I'm telling you. So I love staples. They're easy to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I want things that are good for closure stuff. Like obviously I, I like to carry around stair strips. Um, people have asked me about the zip strips. I've tried them twice. They fail both times. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Uh, but I've tried the uh, stair strips. Obviously, butterfly closures, things like that are awesome. And then I always carry one full-size chest seal in my closure kit. I was going to say an additional chest seal is mm. always a good Yeah, option. so I want a halo or an H&H wound seal, something I can cut into strips or I yeah. can cut a vent in or whatever I need to do um, to help with closure. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um uh, respiration. Uh, I do carry extra respiration things. So I will, I do take an MPA into the back country. However, I typically take three different sizes of MPAs, which is an 18, a 22, and a 28. And definitely um, the soft, not the hard. And I, I like the soft, and, and you do take the lube. Guys, I know that in some fucking CLS class, they're like, spit on it or use their blood. <laughs> fucking try it. <laughs> fucking that try that. Hurts. You will fuck someone's sinus uh, cavity up if yeah. you can even get it in. Yeah. Right? So it's like you need, you know, you get the little packets of lube that come with it. A lot of them come yep. with it now. Um, like you get the ones from, uh, it used to be Combat Medical. Now it's... Uh, Who's, who's fucking bought everybody that's a real asshole? We oh, don't like. um. Dinah. No, not, no, 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 not them. It's um, H&H. Safeguard. Safeguard. Safeguard, those fuckers. Yeah. They started pack, like, just pre-packaging their MPAs with a little thing of lube, which is awesome. You know, it's, yeah, just, makes it's, sense. it's basically just, it's petroleum gel, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I like, I will carry some MPAs into the backcountry, and that's only because I only want to put an MPA in someone who is unconscious or is conscious but losing consciousness, and I need to walk away from them for them, a time. Yeah. yeah, I might need to go signal or do something. Uh, and I do carry, uh, for respirations, I also carry crite kits. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an important thing. It's an invasive technique, but you are a human being who is intelligent enough to figure out how to connect to the internet and listen to this fucking show. You're intelligent enough to do a crike. Anyone who tells you differently is a guardian of knowledge, and they can go fuck themselves directly. Yep. Other things I like about respiration, if you have the capability, is an actual oxygen tank. So if you're carrying it, you know, if you're out there and you got like a big trailer, uh, you know, a camp trailer, or you got an area where you can carry a bunch of supplies, or you've got a big med box or something like that, I would recommend carrying an actual tank of O2. It is beneficial. Yeah. Especially be at higher altitudes. The, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be aware of the hazards of carrying around a giant tank of fucking explosive oxygen. <laughs> all right. And also understand, you know, the, the measure of how to put oxygen into someone. But again, if you're intelligent enough to connect to the internet, and listen to the show, you too can learn how to put O2. I know other people go to school for years and years and years and then they get all fucking guardian and knowledge about that shit. But as I said earlier, they can go fuck themselves directly. They have freaking O2 bars that you can go to. Yeah. So it's not that hard. Even those pre, I've, I've seen some yeah. rest. I've actually seen some of the rescue teams now moving very heavily to those precharged oxygen things. Like you can yeah. buy them when you're hiking at high altitude, mm-hmm. just like a quick hit of oxygen. I've seen people starting to move to those things because they're <laughs> you can't fuck it up. Right. Like they're made for borderline retards. You can fucking do this, you know. Yeah. Um, I carry a shitload of stuff for shock. Shitload. I've got so mm-hmm. many fucking blankets and heat sheets and casualty bags. 
and uh, freaking um, bivvies and everything. I've got all of the warm things, all of them. I mean, literally in our camp trailer, there's an entire cabinet that's just warmth. It's a whole entire box of like various different types of hot hands. There's three different heat sheets in there. There's multiple freaking giant blankets. There's a couple big, uh, you know, reflective tarps. There's an entire bivy sack in there. Like I'm all about that life because if I get someone back to base camp and they're fucking going into shock or someone's in camp and they're going to shock, yeah, man, I need to, I need to keep them warm because getting someone warm is super fucking hard. Uh, and then also in there, there's, you know, regular like poppable hot packs as well. Um, burns, both burn creams as well as burn dressings. This is, this is more for abrasions and friction burns than for contact burns. And high-altitude sunburns. Mm, and high-altitude mm-hmm. sunburns as well, which are fucking gnarly and go yeah. from first degree to second degree real fucking fast. Yeah. Real fucking fast, especially if you're exposed multiple days. Mm-hmm. Last two things on my list are uh, I do like some way to evacuate um, someone. I like a stretcher or a litter I can attach someone to and be able to move them. In case I just need to move them to a road, I need to put them in the back of the truck. I just need to fucking secure them. I need to lock them in, and I don't want to make shit. I fucking hate building things in an emergency. It super sucks. I know how to do a lot of it. It sucks. It takes time. It takes materials. I'm busy. I got other shit to do. So um, I like the roll-up, um, either the quick litters, which are very inexpensive, or I like the Foxtrot litters. They're significantly more expensive, but they are amazing. They're, they're just a fucking amazing and piece And a bit more equipment. bulky, but... They're a little bit bulkier, uh, but man, they're freaking awesome. Yeah. They're really, really cool. <laughs> but if all else fails, a good quick litter is like 30 bucks or something. Yeah, They're, they're not expensive. Fun. So definitely carry that. And then last thing is hemostats. I can't tell you how many times I've used hemostats. I've used them to pull out splinters, mm. cactus spines. I've used them to close tissue. I've used them to open tissue. I've used them to pull shit out of tissue. I have used them to clean things. I've used them to pull out freaking um, bee stingers. I've used them to do so much shit. I yeah. love them. I love hemostats. Put some in your kit. Yeah, both of our dogs have hemostats <clears throat> mm-hmm. in, the, in their backpacks. So while that's not a complete list, that was the things that I was like, okay. Outside the box a little bit. In the, yeah. Off the top of my head, what are the things I don't go without? And yeah. those were the first things that popped in my head. So when I was thinking about this, one of the things that first crossed my mind is, what does it really mean to be off-grid, to be in the backcountry? Because, I mean, we think about, okay, well, when I go camping or I go hunting or I go wherever, but think about how far you have to be from a hospital for it to be a serious situation that you need to do something. Mm. To treat that person while they take a 30, 45 hour long trip to the hospital. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be out of the city necessarily. It just means how far am I from, first of all, the level trauma center I need to go to. So if you don't know about trauma, tra- excuse me, hospital levels and trauma centers and all that kind of thing, again, something you definitely need to know about mm-hmm. um, is understanding what are the levels of hospitals, where do I need to go for whatever injuries I have, and where that w- applies in your particular city, state, um, community, whatever that is. So knowing how far am I from there, because I, I might be close to a hospital, but if it's a burn and that hospital isn't close to me, well, do I have burn dressings? Do I have these things that I can treat this person? Uh, so off-grid is basically... It may not be as far as you think. So just keep that in mind. Um, That's a good point. That's a really good point. People always think it's like way the fuck in the middle of nowhere. It's like, dude, off-grid may be five miles outside of town. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're thinking about that, that's when you want to start thinking about, okay, what else am I going to take with me? And so for me, one of the things that I carry is I carry Crike, but I also carry EpiPens Mm -hmm. because – Good, yeah. Just because it's the level below having to – 
get invasive. And so, for example, the person that you had that that allergy attack, right? That could have been a, a bee sting or it could have been some kind of allergy. And they start closing up and mm-hmm. you don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere and, and not have a way to get that person breathing again. So there's a, you know, there's obviously the medicines that we can provide, but if that's not working, the EpiPens, and then we go to the crike, um, having those options available uh, to do that. Um, IV solutions, simply because when you're out, especially in cooler weather or at higher altitudes, you can get dehydrated really fast. And the best way to hydrate, rehydrate someone is not drinking a lot of water. Mm. It's getting intravenous fluids into their veins um, and into their bloodstream. So being able to do that now, again, if you don't know how to run an IV, you don't have to be great at it, but can you make it happen and get fluids into a person? That's a skill, just like all the others we're talking about, that it's your, you can certainly do that. It may sound like, well, I got to be some kind of a medical technician. You don't. It's not that hard. Um, but you do need to figure out how to do that. Um, I like uh, signaling equipment because I'm always thinking about, well, what happens if I'm stranded? If I get something happens, I went out hunting um, this last weekend and I took my ATV out into Tonto National Forest and I was like, well, you know, if I go out here and something happens, am I bringing with me what I could survive with, you know, overnight? Now, it's not getting too cold here at night, so um, it would be chilly, but it's not like deadly chilly unless I'm injured. And now I can't move, you know, I'm, or maybe I, I'm such a way that I'm losing my uh, my own body heat, that kind of thing. So anyway, so I thought about those kind of things and packed that kind of stuff. What I always make sure I have is my um, satellite phone. Some kind of way. I had my normal phone with me, uh, and obviously these new iPhones have the SOS command. But I still like to bring my my Garmin with me that has inReach and gives me that additional ability to access and also let people track where I'm at, so that if I don't respond or I'm not returning or whatever, they have some way to track me and find that out. So that's something I I think is and it may it may be more of like a survival thing, but I look at it as trauma medicine because I need someone out there to help me, and that's how I'm going to let people know I'm out there. What sat phone do you use? I use the the Garmin. Um, I don't even know the number on it. It's the A400. Oh, so you're, but you're still using the inReach, right? I'm still using okay. the inReach, yeah. It's the same one I, I always... Okay, same one, okay. Yeah, um, but I like it because it has the tracking ability, mm-hmm. and it has ways that I can call or text people um, and communicate a little bit more specifically as to what's going on with me and where I'm at and that kind of thing. So I also, uh, you know, again, from learning from Daryl and from Glenn, I like having signaling equipment uh, because if I am stranded out there, I want to let people know how to find me. And yeah, an in is fine, but what if I forgot to charge it? Mm. Or what if my iPhone dies or I drop it or I don't, any number of things. Do I have physical things that I can take a, a tarp, um, mirrors, uh, you know, I'm not a big whistle guy, but Ways in which I can let people know where I'm at, uh, I think, is a big piece. And it doesn't have to be a, this big, huge thing. It's just these are little items that I can throw in the back of my ATV mm. in the little you know storage compartment that it all fits in there. Um, so whatever survival gear you may think you need. And then finally, the last thing on my list was, um, and this is just because I hate snakes, I always bring a, a gators with me. Um, there's some flexible gators that have zippers on them that I like a lot that I got on Amazon. They work great. Um, they've already pr- they've already stopped one rattlesnake bite from happening. Really, you got tagged in the gators? Yeah, no shit. Yep. 
I got uh, I was um, painting targets out at Cowtown. Um, this was probably a year ago, and I was walking up the hill, and I was like, "There's no rattlesnakes up here, up on the hill. They don't want to climb up the hill." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> lazy fucking but rattlesnakes. I happened to, be, you know, I was always like, you know what? I I don't want to deal with having to deal with a rattlesnake bite out in the wherever, and then mm-hmm. having to go to the hospital and deal with all that. So while these aren't, you know, is it more comfortable to not wear the gaiters? Yeah, but is it a big deal to wear them? Well, it's a bigger deal than getting bit by a snake or not as big a deal. So for me, throw them on. I was walking up the hill and I literally walked by a copperhead and he popped me and I didn't even know it until I looked back and I heard him. So, and oh, I was shit. looking at the ground and I still, I didn't see him. He was, they, they, the camouflage is insane with these snakes. And, um, so that was just a re- reaffirmation that whenever I go, like when I went on hunting this weekend, I put my gators on cause I knew I was going to be trudging through the desert getting to, you know, building stands and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to get hit by a snake out here. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not a big deal. It's a little item that folds up nice. You know, I don't wear hard gaiters. You know, they're very, they're nylon material that um, they can't get their fangs through. And so that's one of those things that I think whenever I go out, I'm always thinking about that. You know, it's interesting because I've, man, I have almost stepped on so many rattlesnakes in my time. And I have luckily never been hit even come close to being hit you know like i i, I full-on fucking stepped on one one time but it was really early in the oh morning it was actually uh if you remember dave thompson yeah uh he and i were out predator hunting of course any listeners of the show remember dave he used to be our, our show producer and we were out predator hunting and we're just cruising along we were yet we were just talking back and forth because we had just shot a couple foxes and we were looking for one of them in the bushes yeah and so i'm like really looking for a fox in the bush we knew he was dead close by and boom i stepped right on a fucking rattlesnake and it was pretty cold and so he was like ah you know like <laughs> fuck me you know like that i stepped on him because he was not ready for being stepped on right. and dude i about jumped out of my fucking skin dude <laughs> i mean i came way back i probably had like a five foot fucking oh, rear yeah. leap oh, you know man. and uh, it definitely scared the shit out of me but i've come close i mean i've had plenty of snakes coil up on me yeah. um i I've shot, you know, plenty of snakes, um, obviously, yeah. but yeah, I've never been tagged, but I, man, it's always a thought in my head when I'm cruising through the high grass, whenever I'm cruising next to bushes, especially yeah. out predator hunt or something where I'm trying to kind of sneak and I'm looking up in the hills and stuff. Yeah. It's definitely a thought in my head. That's crazy. You got tagged by one. Well, and so where I grew up in Colorado, there were some rattlesnakes, but mostly it was all bull snakes. Mm. And so we didn't really worry about, cause you get tagged by a bull snake. You know, it's yeah. just, it just, just hurts a little bit. I mean, it's. Bite. Yeah, it's a yeah. snake bite. And uh, we would pick them up and play with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't really that big a deal. But rattlesnakes, I just don't want to have any part of that. Yeah. That whole going to the hospital and antivenom and all oh, that. Oh, dude, and, it's painful as fuck from what I understand. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. don't. They, and I hate I hate those kind of snakes. So, um, so yeah, for me, it's and it's not a big deal for me to wear those. So As a matter of fact, when we were out at um, the Precision Rifle course and we went out and painted targets out in the desert, I threw those on and uh, Wally threw on. I had an extra pair mm-hmm. and I gave them to Wally. He threw them on. <clears> and so we didn't, obviously didn't see any snakes, but we could have, and that could have ruined oh, yeah. the day for either one of us. Oh yeah. So. Absolutely. Anyway. So it's one of those things that's kind of outside of what people might think to carry that definitely is trauma medicine because you get bit by a snake and that it's, ruins it, your it day. It's preventative, right? Because yeah. I mean, the best medicine is preventative medicine. So yeah, yeah the more you can do to prevent those types of situations, mm-hmm. the better. And that's why, you know, meds is at the top of my list because I'm like, let's nip this now before it yeah. gets worse. So it's like, yeah, when we're out there, when we're at home and the kids are like sniffling, I'm like, 
suck it up, buttercup. You know what I mean? You'll be yeah. just fine. Because we're right here, right? There's a thousand solutions we have to things. But when we're in the back country and the kids are like sniffing along, like, here's some medication, you know, because <laughs> I don't out here we're already being exposed to all these different, you know, temperates, there's different climates, there's different pollens, there's different sleep schedules, there's some different foods. Maybe they're not getting as much nutrition or as yeah. much water as they need or whatever. So their body's already kind of fighting another fight. We're running after squirrels, we're expending a lot of calories at high elevation. And so yeah, if they start to get a little like sniffly, like one of the boys um, was getting a little sniffly and we're like, dude, just take some freaking allergy medication. Like yeah. stop it now so that tomorrow you'll be functional. Yeah. Because if you wait and then it gets worse and then tomorrow you're not functional, you're going to miss out on the second day of the hunt. Yeah. And that's going to suck. Yep. You know? And so that's a big thing for me in medication is being preventative. Instead of treating just the symptoms, yeah. it's starting being preventative. Like, hey, man, I think this might be a problem. I've got a little bit of a headache or I think I'm dealing with you know altitude sickness or whatever it is. Like start getting preventative on that stuff. Because yeah. you don't want it to get bad out there, especially when you're potentially a long ways from help. And that's, I mean, we spent all weekend with no service. None. Zero. Yeah. And it was awesome. I mean, I love being without service, to be honest with you. But yeah. but we had no fucking service. So it's like, yep. you don't, yeah, up on the if something happened, yeah, and we don't have an in-reach, we don't have a spot, we don't have the, you know, the Apple SOS, whatever. Like, if you don't have something like that and something happens, dude, you're in deep shit. Yeah. Because you can't get How far you. were you from... A level of care that would have been if I was important. hauling ass up that trail or up Payson that road. Payson doesn't have a level. No, well, no, no, no. But just to get to service, oh. I was probably twenty it, minutes. Yeah, I was probably twenty if I was hauling ass. If I was like pedal the just metal, to get help out there, to just call. to get a fucking oh, phone, phone call, call. right? To hit from some. from help, we were yeah. we were pretty far back in there. So yeah, from actual help, yeah, we were easily another probably 30 to 40 because it's a lot of dirt roads that's slow going. And so probably I'd have to take someone to the pavement and that would have been, yeah, just not hurting them further. Yeah. Um, maybe 30 minutes yeah. to the pavement probably from where we were camping. And then from the pavement to a decent hospital. Yeah, which would have been a place where there wasn't a level one. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so our closest level one from there – from the campsite, if I was hauling ass, had to be John C. Lincoln. Still, right? Uh, well, no, because on that end of town, you could get to you get to Banner Desert. Okay, which I would love to not go to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so if I could go to like let's say Chandler Regional, I could be two and a half hours. Yeah, but uh, Honor <laughs> Health in Scottsdale would be closer. Is would it be? Yeah. Yeah, Osborne. Yeah. Oh yeah, Osborne is closer. Well, there's right. Honor Health. The or no, I'm sorry. Is it Dignity? I don't know. The one on Shea. That's on. That's Osborne. I no, that's a, but that's not a level one. That's a Osborne's the only level one. Yeah, Osborne's it's, the only one up there that's level oh. one. That is a hospital. The honor, and they do a lot, a, and they can probably a, handle most of the. I things. think there are three. I for but some reason I thought one. they were a level one. Mm-mm. I don't think so because that's but Scottsdale Shea. But then yeah, you'd also have yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd also have Flagstaff Medical Center, which is a level one. Yeah, but they're way farther. Yeah, they'd I would be say much Osborne's farther away. Close yeah. yeah. So, so that's a point, though, right? Hours, Fucking right? hours. <laughs> We're sitting here contemplating hours away yeah. of help, right? And so, yeah, it's it, those. This is the kind of stuff that we're, you know, trying to get people to yeah. to think more about, and and to kind of tie into what Dave was saying here is that, uh, um, is having a plan. Like we're talking about here about knowledge of of hospitals that we already have, and I know Drew can't handle not knowing something. She's probably over there fucking looking at that hospital. <laughs> but um, I am. Yeah, that's what I figured you were doing. So <laughs> it's like if you don't have some kind of plan about where's my nearest cell phone service. Like we knew where our nearest cell phone. We knew where cell phone service was. Yeah. You know, minutes. Yeah, I'd, I'd guess it's probably about twenty minutes. But I knew the exact fucking spot that I got enough service to make a call. Yeah. And so there's a lot of just because I passed it on the way in. Oh, hey, I just lost service. Mm-hmm. Okay, mark this in my brain. We call them 
um, cell phone booths, yeah. right? So it's like, here's my phone booth is here. So if I have to come back and make an emergency call, I got to come all the fucking way back to here, yeah. way back here. So the point being is having a plan, having an emergency plan and having lots of trained people. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. You know, if we go to camp and I'm the only trained medic, well, that doesn't help. Well, if it's only Drew and I, well, that doesn't help. But if it's Drew and I and the boys, okay, now if all of us know a thing, because if we go out there and I have an accident, yeah. And I'm with one of the boys because a lot of times we'd separate. One of the boys would stay with Drew, one of the boys would stay with me and get a little more ground coverage that way. And it's like, what if I get hurt over here? And Drew's in her boot, how fast can she get to me? I mean, she would run faster, obviously, to save right. my life. But sure. like, yeah, I still wouldn't go so fucking fast in that thing, right? Right. Yeah. And across varied terrain. So it's like, okay, now the boy's trying to help me out. Well, does he know I have an ankle kit? Does he know what's in it? Does he know how to use it? Mm-hmm. Those are also important things. So don't forget a right. plan here, I think, at the very end to wrap everything together would be mm-hmm. a plan. What are you going to do? Yeah. And fill in the gaps. If it's the I, – I know the skills but I don't have the items, then get the items. Mm-hmm. If I don't know the skills, get the skills mm-hmm. and then get the items. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it doesn't have to – I like we always say, I didn't build all this stuff in one big swoop. No. This has been years of – Just filled the gaps as you found out more. Yeah. Right. Or maybe it was, for some people, it's going to be budget. Okay, what's the number one thing I can start with? Look, man, you can go down to fucking CVS and you can get a whole bunch of meds for 50 bucks. You can get everything you need, put it into, you know, a bag. And it's hard meds, so it doesn't technically expire. You know, put it into a bag and put it in your camping box. Yeah. And boom, there's your med bag. Yeah. And that's, just, that's a good start. And that's what you're going to need the most of. Okay, what's the next thing you're going to need the most of? Based on what you do, target that item. Is it burns? Is that more important than splinting? Is splinting more important than wound closure? Is wound closure more important than respiration? What's your threat? What are you doing? What might happen? Yeah. Do you have anything to add here as we wrap up? Anything we missed, you think? Um, I would just say I would probably add more extra pair of socks and underwear. Stuff to prevent yeah, exposure like, well, and keeping hygiene. Yourself, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I would definitely do socks, especially if you're going to be out in cold country. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely have an extra pair or so. Can you help keep you warm? And hygiene. You know, people yeah. kind hygiene of... Hygiene makes you sick. Some people forget that, that it's like they go in the outdoors and they're like, this is an excuse to be dirty and stink. You know, and it's, and it's like, like no, no, this is not... That can actually make you... It's not an excuse to be dirty sick. and stink because that'll actually make it worse if you do get sick or yeah. you do get a cut or you do get hurt. Now your your body's also trying to fight, you know, these other problems that it has. So yeah, mm-hmm. just general like rotating like we are... Our boys are boys. They're little boys and they fucking forgot... Oh my god! I All their clothes <laughs> at the house. So we butt. get to the campsite, and it's it's wow. night one, and we're like in we're, we're staying and they're hopping in their sleeping bags. And it's like, all right, boys, before we get in our sleeping bags, what do we do? Okay, go pee. That's thing number one. Yeah. Okay, thing number two, we we change our socks. Where's your socks? And they're like both kind of sheepishly look at me, and I'm like, you guys don't have any extra socks? What happened? You guys forget your socks? Are like. Um, we forgot the whole bag of clothes that's sitting in the living room. We're like, <laughs> you And this is right punks. after they left their toothbrushes home when we were in Pagosa Springs, Yeah, we Colorado. were in Colorado. They left their toothbrushes and home. And they, we, they owed us a lot of push-ups yeah. for get, because they didn't tell us till three days in. Three days in, they're like, we don't have our toothbrushes. I'm like, you nasty <laughs> bastards. Wow. So, we could have, yeah, stopped in town and picked yeah. up. Yeah, like we're not in the middle of Timbuktu, we're literally in a major town. So did they learn how to make their own clothes out in the wilderness? Yes, so we killed the squirrels <laughs> and we tanned the hides and the boys are now fully clothed in squirrel hides. No, so but what I did get to teach them, I did get to teach them how to wash their own clothes. 
So got a wash bin, fill it mm-hmm. up with soap. I'm like, right, undies and socks off, put your clothes back on. So you're going to go, you know, commando right now. And here's how we're going to wash our clothes. Here's how we wash them. Here's how we rinse them. Minimum amount of water because we only have so much supplies. Yeah. And then here's how we dry them. You know, and now here we got to turn them. We got to make sure they're dry. You know, Get show those them how racing to stripes out. Yep. Show them how to do a freaking, you know, turn or a drying stick and everything. We did all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then they were like, woo. And then they put them back on. They're like, it is really nice to have clean underwear and clean socks. And they like, yeah, I fucking bet. You know, and now that you got that on, okay, now we can take your shirts off and your pants off and whatever else we need to do. And we can clean that. Now that you at least have this, you can go hang out. See in the how tent inconvenient this is. But yeah. Is this a pain <laughs> in the ass? Wouldn't it have been easier to bring? And they're like, yes, we're sorry. But um, the point is, is that, you know, hygiene at that. I'm not looking at it going, ah, they're boys, they'll be all right. It's like, no, it's dirty. And not only is it dirty and stinky, and I got to fucking live with that, but it's also unhygienic and potentially leads to further problems. And if they do get sick or they do get an open wound or whatever, there's that much more likely to get an infection. Yep. So, all right, guys. Um, fitness moment with Drew. You're up. Oh, yes. Let me pull my notes up and see which one I have this week. I have food intake. And why it's not all about counting calories and why it's so important that depending on what you were doing and how you were training yourself, um, food is going to be key to uh, whatever your goals might be. Like if you're trying to gain weight, you're going to want heavier meats and things like that. And you're going to be wanting to eat more often where if you're trying to be a faster runner, it's going to be about really – eating all the time and kind of keeping that calorie intake in, a healthy calorie intake completely in all the time because you're burning off those calories so much faster. So it's really about learning about your body and how much food intake you're taking in and healthy foods because sometimes uh, when people are looking at their food intake and they're trying to lose weight and they're trying to work out, they are also starving themselves, which is going to be counterproductive and it's not going to help your muscles build because what's going to happen is is when you do finally eat, your body's just going to store all that as fat because you're starving it. So you're, you're kind of working backwards. So and a lot of people want to stay away from, you know, heavy foods like potatoes, pastas, things like that. Sometimes it's beneficial for you to bulk up on those things. I know, especially right before race day, you know, that week I'll, I'll be pretty heavy towards pastas and potatoes and all that fun stuff that people say you shouldn't be eating. But it depends on what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. But food t- intake is important. So make sure that you're constantly eating if you are working out every day and you throw in, uh, any type of running or swimming or anything like that extra, you're definitely going to want to add food more regularly. I think it's always like with so many things, it's a quality over quantity thing. Yes. People start tracking calories and they're like, okay, man, I was eating like six. I mean, when I was bulking, bro, I was eating like 6,000 calories a day. And I'm like, of what? Yeah. 6,000 calories of what? Because there's Junk? a lot of different types of calories yeah. out there. Am I eating 6,000 calories of meat? Yeah. Am I eating 6,000 calories of carbs? Am I eating 6,000 calories of fucking sugar? Like, what are yeah, you eating 6,000 calories? Because if you take, you know, someone who works out all the time and they eat 6,000 calories a day, okay, and it's good, well-balanced foods, and you take someone who doesn't work out and they're also eating 6,000 calories a day, but it's garbage food, obviously you're going to get two very different fucking yeah. results. So numbers, people say, okay, it's, you know, 1,600 to, you know, 2,200 calories a day is what you need to survive. So but don't you, count your calories. You can survive with a lot less or you can do better with a lot more depending on what the quality of the food is. So yeah. quality over quantity is always. Yeah, and make sure it's good quality stuff. You know, don't put shit into you and then expect you to 
look the way that you want to. Instead, you're getting a little mm-hmm. beer gut or something like that because you're putting in that kind of stuff. Well, the way I was summed it up with people is it's trash in, trash out. Yep. So, all right. Remember, you can bring us out to train with you. Get hosting information via email, info at trainingaz.com. We'll give you all the information about how to get us out to your location and do our training classes, whether that's medicine, whether it's survival, whether it's shooting, whether it's a combination of all of that. You know, we'd like to prepare you and your people just as much as we prepare ours. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook as The Arms Room Show, Independence Training, MRC Phoenix, which is McKellar Running Club, Drew's Running Club, and Premier Martial Arts Scottsdale and Peoria, and maybe coming soon, Gilbert, all right? David's big brain just can't help keeping expanding his business, which is awesome to see. Because I just need to drive further. Yeah. (laughs) I love driving all over this fucking valley. We're proud members of the Heroes Media Group. Be sure to check out the other things that our network is doing. If you've never looked at our network, please do. They take such good care of us. They, you know, helps us get our, our feet off our feet on the ground and kind of get us a a good launching pad when we very first started the show all those years ago. Next week, we're going to be talking about why there is so much CPR-style training and not so much trauma training and the great insurance scam. Mm -hmm. Until then, stay aware, stay safe, and train hard. You've been listening to The Arms Room.